You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Thank you for joining me for this episode of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. Have you ever wanted to know what it's like to work very closely with Glenn Beck every day? How about you get to hear from a guy who not only works with Glenn Beck every day, but prepares his food for him and has known him for decades. I'm talking about Matthew Shelton, who's my guest today on At The Mic. He sat down, he discussed Glenn's eating habits, Glenn's uh, hidden talent, (laughs) as well as, well, Matthew's, and the super awesome story about how Matthew met his lovely wife. It's really cool. And it starts right now. Uh, He's my guest, Matthew Shelton on At The Mic. Hello, Keith. Hi. Thanks for stopping by and hanging out with me. I appreciate it. You, uh... You finally named your. I came with a name. Yeah, last yeah. time we talked about this, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to call this thing, and I, you know, thrown around some some silly names, and I just settled on at the Mike with Keith. Uh, yeah. I wish my name was Mike; it would have been helpful. Or these things were called Keiths. Oh yeah, that that would have been. Why don't we just find? Oh my gosh! Yeah, let's future just... endorsement. Okay. Okay. There's got to be somebody out there that sells microphones, and the brand is Keith. I... Definitely not Malinak. Uh, yeah, that's that'd be weird. That's not gonna happen. Maybe there's a if there's a if there's a somebody listening out there and your microphone company is named Keith Microphones. Yeah, at the Malinak, it's no. not. It's a mouthful. That's not a lot of alliteration there. It's not smooth. <laughs> no. At the Keith, it's gonna take some catching on to. I think for now, I'm gonna stick at with the mic. at the mic. Okay. Yeah. You could change your so, name to Mike. Well, that's that's probably the easiest, easiest path to take. Yeah. Um. So we'll go with at the mic. At the mic. Okay. With Mike Keith, Keith Malinak. <laughs> so you are, if people aren't familiar, you are Glenn's personal chef. And you know what I keep forgetting to do is have people tell me, tell the audience, their Twitter handle. Okay. So give, give, spell out your Twitter handle. Uh, I actually just changed it. I really? think it's, uh, yeah, because uh, you kept tagging me and stuff, so I changed it so you wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> and then you unfollowed me. You, unfo- I, you know why I unfollowed you? Why did you unfollow me? Okay. Hold on, my my Twitter's at Maddie with two T's, uh, Shelton, but the L's a one. But listen to okay, M A T T Y Shelton, but it's E one T O N. No one will okay. find you. That doesn't. I have like twelve followers. Uh, <laughs> I, okay, this is why. Listen, to my so, yeah, why'd you stop following okay, me? It's funny. I if you look, I unfollowed everybody that has a political themed. Now, wait Objective a second. And I, listen, no. Okay, you know ahead. when this happened? Huh? Uh, this happened this last summer at <laughs> Glenn's Ranch. Okay. Right in front of him. He said, I said, oh, this feels so good. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm unfollowing people on Twitter. He goes, oh, I bet that's a good feeling. And I said, look, look, look. And I went to his Twitter and I went unfollowed. He was like, what the? Uh. And I was like, no, listen. I was like, here's my, here's my thing. I am at that point where social media is driving me crazy. I can't I can't look at it without it being and here's the problem, Keith. It's not because of stuff that you mm. post. Mm-hmm. It's because of their algorithms that they use. It'll mm. say like Keith Malinak follows so and so. Okay. Then all of a sudden I see so and so's posts. And I'm like, I don't want to see any I don't want to see AOC on my timeline ever again. Okay. <laughs> well but I think we, people that you follow follow her and then I all see. of a sudden it's just this gross Mash. Yeah, because I just I just want to point out that as we sit here today to record this, um, here I I, I literally let's just go through <laughs> my last I don't know six seven tweets right a link to Pat. It's not your tweets. I know I know, but I'm just saying I don't I try not to be so political because it is the it's because of the people you follow. I it's understand. Terrible. It's it's not me. It's Twitter. Yeah. Okay. I did the same thing on Instagram. 
and Facebook. The problem was is that I did it right in front of Glenn, and he got all upset. And he goes, "That must." He goes, "He goes, I'm okay with it. Just oh. don't give anybody else that idea." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Which right. I'm doing right now. Ta-da! Ta-da! No, okay. but I still follow. Like I follow Glenn just because I have to. But you, you should follow me because you should have to. I it still interact with you on there. Okay. Well, I miss you. And it's okay. <laughs> hey, you need to get an Instagram. I'll interact with you on Instagram Ugh. all the time. You know, it's so much it's all better. Pictures, yeah. Which is be- pictures are great. There's way less content of the verbal garbage that pops out oh, on. That reminds Twitter. me. I've got to start taking pictures of the people that I interview because I'm probably going to need that at some point when I'm when I'm talking about the show. So if you want to smile over there, cheese. Why won't this? I got this new phone and it won't focus without me. Is it, a, it? Is it an iPhone? No, it's a... Uh, That's why it doesn't work. Okay. Uh, all right, so you're Glenn's personal chef. You've been yes. his personal chef for how long now? Uh, it'll be seven years in April. Okay, but you've known him much longer than that. We all gotta, life. We've got to get into that. Um, there's so much to talk about. This is the part where... I'm editing this out. can't read my handwriting. I, I took a note about you here. I don't think you should edit that out. Because I okay. think... You're oh, you like not this? Reading it, you're not reading your own handwriting. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Because you're supposed I, to be the only person that can read it. And I, that's the thing that I've been trying to figure out. You can, why can I write upside down if you watch Pat's show? Yeah. Okay, why can I write upside down on the whiteboard that is the back of my laptop? Perfectly, right? Well, would, you, would you please it's tell legible. me? It's legible. Legible. That's yeah, good enough. Legible. I wouldn't use the word perfectly, but yeah, but it's very I legible. But if I am writing... If I'm writing in front yeah, of me... That's it, hieroglyphics. It's literally... That's what my, my, my dad used to call it. Hieroglyphics and chicken scratch. That's that's Keith's handwriting. But so I've known you then, I guess, for I guess seven years. Yeah, I think we met um, at. Were you at Man in the Moon? No, you weren't there. Mm-mm. I met. You know who was there? Natasha. I met Natasha. Did you get me and Natasha confused? I mean, is it? Well, it's I the just, hair, right? I met a bunch of radio Similar people. Hair. Radio people oh, that okay. that trip, and I just couldn't know if you were. If, no, I couldn't remember if you were there. I am not memorable either. Yeah. So yeah, um, seven years I've known you. Yep, yep. I had more hair back then for sure. But yeah. Um, and I want to know how you work around food every day and don't weigh 700 pounds. Like, how cook, is that possible? I cook very clean and healthy food. It doesn't translate to Glenn at the moment. Um, but when I got hired, it was for some uh, health issues that Glenn had. And so they brought me on to cook gluten-free and dairy-free and soy-free. And I travel with them. And um, so it's actually not that hard if the food you're cooking isn't... If I was a baker, mm-hmm. yeah. Super fat. I got you. But, yeah. I, you know, I cook very clean and healthy. And so, you know, I, I'm a health conscious guy, I guess. So how did you get into the food realm as a, I, as a business or as uh, your job? So I grew up just in the restaurant industry. My father ran private golf and country clubs and hotels. And so as a little kid, I would, you know, go hang out with them at these places. And I, I discovered the love of food. And then uh-huh. my dad was a big foodie. So we'd go out to eat and, you know, we would eat everything. It wasn't like... You know, I, I I feel for people whose, you know, parents didn't have a an eye for food like that. And so you, they, they probably didn't grow up eating the best food. Right. I was, and we weren't financially successful at any means. So that it wasn't like we were having, you know, super bougie food. Yeah. But we would still try. And I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. So we had great, great, great seafood. So, you know, I was eating Dungeness crab oh. as a little kid, oh. which is, you know, you go to this grocery store now and it's. $50 a pound. Yeah. I had so much Dungeness crab growing up that I couldn't give it away. Oh, wow. So I just understood. And then the real moment that I realized I needed to become a good cook was I was, I think I was 15 or 16 years old. And 
Uh, it was to impress a woman, wasn't it? It was to impress multiple women. Yes! yes! So uh, I, we, my buddy and I were like, hey, let's have the girls over. So we were, I think sophomores in high school. Like, let's have these girls over at your parents' house and we'll make them dinner. And uh, he was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, my dad taught me how to make chicken piccata. And I was nice. really like, right? So I was like, I'm going to make these girls chicken piccata from scratch. Okay. And uh, I did about 90% of the work. My buddy set the table. Oh, no. uh, (laughs) That sounds like life in my house. And so uh, as we we made dinner, girls were blown away. After dinner, we went to watch a movie. I was sat on the couch with all three of the girls. He was sitting by himself in the recliner. And he was a stud football player, like he. And I was, you know, scrawny, acne. I weighed like a hundred and twelve yes. pounds. But oh, I because could cook. you were the cook. And I looked around at the room, and I went, "Hmm, huh? I think I need to get really good at this." Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. That's and it's, awesome. I think it's translated into uh, my success rate in life because I'm <laughs> married to a smoke show. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll get into that and how you met because I want to hear that story. But you. Grew up in the Pacific Northwest, Washington State. Yeah. Because yep. I know you're a Seahawks fan. Big, big Seahawks big fan. Big Seahawks fan. But you were born in Denver? Yeah, I was born uh, I was born in Colorado. My dad had some family there. So the, him and my mother had moved there um, right after they got married. Mm-hmm. A couple years after they got married. Okay. And then I was born just outside of Denver in Inglewood. Uh-huh. Not to be confused with Inglewood, like no. Snoop Dogg's Inglewood. No, okay. no, this is with an A e. suburb of... Yeah, this is a, a <laughs> suburb of... It's funny because... They're like, damn, you're Inglewood? Like, yeah, no, not that Inglewood. Uh-huh. It's almost like the mean streets of Helena, Montana, like where Pat's, you know. I remember, do you, hold on, do you remember this? Uh, I was actually in a mall in Inglewood, Colorado, right when the Denver Broncos changed their uniforms, mm. probably, you know, 25 years ago, whatever it was, 20-something years ago. Yeah, from the... Late 90s. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd seen it, and I thought, what? I walked by this mannequin. I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> what and I sat there and I studied it. It's like, what am I looking at? I hadn't, there was no, the internet was young. Okay. Right, right, right. I, it, it was no breaking news. Here's the new uniforms of the Denver Broncos. To this day, I blame the Denver Broncos for screwing up professional uniforms because that was the first like modern, modern look. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, yeah. I miss those orange uniforms and the, and the baby blue helmet yep. with the orange D oh, and yeah. the Bronco. I, I have so many baby pictures of me in like full old school Broncos colors. Yeah. And then, so we moved straight from there up to, uh, I'm from Bellingham, Washington, which is right on the Canadian border. Um, grew up there and then, yeah, moved down here uh, about s- just over seven years. And Okay. Uh, so, we get you and your family to Washington State. Yeah. Is that where you guys, because I know your dad, uh, I, I don't know if he grew up with Glenn, but I know that they've been friends for a really long time. Is that where they met then? Yeah, so they had, my, my uh, mother's Canadian. She moved to Bellingham when she was 13. My dad moved to Bellingham when he was, uh, I think, a freshman in high school. Okay. From the South. So Wait, where's your dad from? He's from Alabama. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah, he grew up, he was a military brat, so he grew up all throughout okay. the South. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Um, was born in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So he moved up there um, when he was in high school. So Glenn, my mother, and my dad all were in concert choir together. Oh, wow. And that's where they all met. And so they all were, so yeah, concert choir. This is like singing. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Loud okay. in front of people. <laughs> yeah. So they, they would like, they went on a trip to like Mexico together. They oh. had all this stuff. Um, and fun fact, Glenn actually dated my mother before my dad did. Oh no. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they, it was, it was funny because they went on a date and like, it was just the most awkward thing in the world. Uh, and so... <laughs> They get back to school the next week, and 
Glenn tells my dad, he's like, man, I just bombed. He's like, that was awful. And my dad goes, well, uh, you mind if I take a swing at it? <laughs> and uh, he nice. swung and they've been married. I don't know. That was decades. That was 80, 79. Long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Don't look at me for math help, by the way. I think they got married in 84. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was born in so, 86. Yeah. yeah, so about that. So we're we're closing in on 40 years. Yeah. Wow, that's a very impressive. Very yeah, nice. So they, uh, another fun fact. Mm-hmm. Glenn sang That's what I was going to ask my if parents' sang. wedding. Oh, he sang at your parents' wedding. Yes. Guess what? Oh. Take a get, take a guess at what song you would picture uh, wait, what Glenn was Beck it? singing. Uh, this was 1984 we settled on? Okay, so I, I don't know. Something from Madonna? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, wait. Let me paint the picture better for you. Okay. Uh, he had a ponytail. Oh, no. My father. Oh, no. Uh, my mom still said yes, uh, even though he showed up with a perm. At his wedding? At his, he got off the plane the day before. He like flown into town and my mom went to pick him up and he walked off the plane and she went, what the hell did you do? Oh, no. He had bleach blonde hair and no. a tight perm. Oh, oh yeah. it was the 80s. So you imagine those this, two. Okay. Uh, he, so Glenn decided to sing. Uh, maybe he was told or asked. He sang Ava Maria. <laughs> No. Like, no. is there a recording of this? It's got to be somewhere oh in my, my parents' gosh. attic or something. It has to oh, exist. If you find it before I post this podcast, I'm putting it at the end of this. I think <laughs> I think in my contract with Glenn, it says somewhere that I'm not allowed to ever show that right? video. Okay. Well, if you if you stumble onto something, you can surrender. I mean, I, if somebody's willing to pay a pretty price for it. Uh-huh. Could, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, they, I've, I've uh, you know, known Glenn my whole life. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so when he needed somebody, he knew I was in a position where I could travel a lot with him, and which uh-huh. I do, which has been an insane blessing. That's great. Um, what, what's his favorite dish? I mean, can you divulge Glenn Beck's he, favorite thing to eat? He is a meat and potatoes guy. Okay, yeah. Like his birthday, he got a cowboy cut. It's a, just a beautiful, big, bone-in. It's like three ribeyes stacked together, um, and nothing makes him happier. Wow. Uh, he's a big dessert guy. Okay. I don't tread down that road very often when i do it's very healthy healthy dessert, um yeah. but yeah for me at least he's a meat and potatoes guy so what's the craziest dish he's ever asked you to make him and uh, oh no i didn't make it because it involved illegal ingredients Ill- uh yeah it's pot brownies no uh it was uh <laughs> it was haggis oh. uh, one of his our good friends and co-workers is scottish and uh <laughs> No, he he was telling him all about haggis and how real men eat haggis and how great it is. A bunch of BS, and uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was Hag- what, what it is, was, what is it was, haggis? It is it was what lungs. Is- You're not allowed to. It was lungs. I couldn't uh, buy lungs in the United States. Gross. So that was my loophole to be like, sorry, I'm not going to half-ass it and make it without the lungs. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I mean, we're all fresh out of, of, yeah. out of lungs here. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> That that was for sure the most bizarre, nasty. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> so you obviously enjoy cooking. You've done I it for it. your yeah. entire life since you were um, a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, as an adult, as a newly married adult, you know, you ever have friends over, or whatever. And if so, do you have to cook then, or do you want to cook, or do you yeah, take it off I, and make somebody I really else enjoy cook? it. No, okay. I don't. I really enjoy it, so it's not a job for me. All right. Um, so on the weekends, I love entertaining people and cooking for them and trying out new recipes on people. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm <laughs> like, when we go down to my wife's family's from Houston and 
straight Italians slash Cajun is the two families. Huh. So they all are fantastic cooks. All right. And uh, so I get a lot of time off when I'm down there. It's great. Like her dad wakes up, he makes breakfast, he makes, you know, big dinners. I always like to contribute when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most part. And when I go to my parents' house, uh-huh. I rarely have to cook, which is a beautiful thing. So my dad's always making all sorts of stuff. One of the things you have told me in the past is that whenever, like your entire family, you've already alluded to your dad, you know, being a great cook, you yourself, that like your entire family knows how to cook. Yeah. Right. And so I remember you mentioning one time that um, it's quite an experience whenever you guys all go out as a family to oh. dinner and it's just a fun time for whoever's having to serve you, right? <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> so we are, we are incredibly courteous and generous to the wait staff. Sure. You know, we, we, that's our industry. So we know to take care of you, people. You're, you've been on the other side of the table. We give people a lot of leniency, uh-huh. you know, because we know it's not just the server's fault or just the kitchen's fault, whatnot. We're... we're Kind of food snobs. Yeah, but, high maintenance. Uh, but my, our whole thing is like, okay, if you're going to go, you have to know your atmosphere, mm-hmm. right? That it, we're only food snobs when it comes to like, if we're at a really nice restaurant and we're paying for really nice high-end quality food, mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get. Yeah. But if we're at McDonald's, your standards are lower. To make, and if you don't do that, you're a terrible person. <laughs> we are at Texas Roadhouse once and everybody's, every single plate of food was wrong. But... I mean, you're at Texas Roadhouse. I mean, you're not at super high-end steakhouse. You're at Texas Roadhouse. Oh, that's There's not There's a reason end? the steak is... Oh, my bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, oh, you just said something about changing us. your standards. For oh, us. oh, your standards. For us. Yeah, okay, everybody's standards are different. Yeah, there we go. I don't judge. I got it. I got it. So you've worked in that industry then. Yeah, yeah. Um, front of the house, back of the house. Oh, is that what is... Is that like the, is that like the yeah, hip so phrase? F- yeah, front of the house is the people, people that you. are... Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, you have to talk to people. Yeah. Which is why, so in the restaurant industry, back of the house usually doesn't make as much in front of the house because huh. front of the house is the one that has to deal with the customer. Yeah, and you got to look good while doing it. Right. So yeah. as opposed to in the back, you could just, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, that makes sense. But you've, you've had a lot of jobs and uh, you said you've been a bartender, right? Yeah, I was a bartender for a long time. That was the, that was the, uh, the great source of income throughout college and, you know, huh. it's, it's, I made great money as a bartender. So, so they'll let you? I don't know. Where did you go to college then? Uh, up in Washington State. Okay, so, college. so can you um, bartend and not be of legal age to drink? Or how does that No, work? so not in Washington, and which blew my mind. In Texas, you can be 18 years old. Wow. And make drinks. Yeah. But you can't drink them. You can't drink them. <laughs> you, can't, you can't see if what well, you just created is I good. Think it might be 19. I'm pretty sure it's 18. Okay. But um, it's, it's below the ser- drinking age. Yeah. So... In Washington, you have to be 21 just to serve it. So you can be a server. Wow. So uh, when I first moved here, I opened up a, a restaurant in South Lake. Not my restaurant. I was just part mm-hmm. of an opening. And uh, we were all getting ready to go out one night after closing and talking to everybody like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? And this one girl was like, oh, I'm just going to go home. And I was like, what? Why would you? Like, come on. And she was like, well, I, I can't get in. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You're not 21. <laughs> She was, and I, she was like, why are you whispering? I was like, well, I don't want anybody to find out. I'm like, how did you, how did you trick them into letting you bartend? You're not 21. She's like, because it's legal. Like, oh, Welcome really? to Texas. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, well, that's funny because when I first lived here and lived in Houston back in 2001, it's where Pat and I first worked together. I remember at the time, it was still legal in Texas to drive with an open container. Yeah, that was right before I moved here. Uh-huh. That wasn't like, that changed like eight years ago. Well, no, no, no. That, that changed... Right after I moved here, 
There's something else that you're thinking about. I swear right? it was right when I moved here. I because I, huh? It might. I can't remember. Uh, something like that changed. Something changed, but the open container law, drive around with an open beer, was legal in 2001. Uh, I know that for a fact because I had a because <laughs> I had a relative drive me around and show me the area right. while he was drinking a beer. Don't forget your Budweiser. Listen, uh, <laughs> I have an angle to why I think that should still be legal. Okay, what do you got? I think people drive more cautiously and slower, not because they've been drinking, because they don't want to spill their drink. Come on, argue me that. I, I, Listen, you're driving with a fresh cold one in the cup holder. You're not going to drive like a crazy man because then you're going to spill your beer everywhere. That's right. That's, that's, yep. Come on. What he said. Mr. Officer. Got it. Uh, uh, you've worked at a golf course before, like a country club, right? Yeah, I worked there for a long time. It was, mm-hmm. uh, it was a cart boy. Oh, you're a, you, oh yeah. so you didn't work in the kitchen then, huh? Not at first. Okay. I was, I was scrubbing golf clubs and... Everybody in this building was a cart boy first, myself included. It's a great, great, <laughs> great job. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, free golf. It's free golf. It is... Um, you learn some good manners because you're on the golf course. They teach you a proper... Well, I don't know that I picked up any good manners. I did make some... I don't want to say connections. They didn't really lead to anything other than just really good advice right. from people in the um, broadcast industry. Mm. Um, Craig Sager who passed away from cancer yeah, yeah. a few years ago. Um, he was a member there. It was He gave me a lot of sage advice uh, about the business. Well, there you go. I didn't take all of it. He was a great guy. True professional, as you know, doing the NBA stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a former hockey player there. I mean, there's, you, you rub shoulders with yeah, people, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm just going through my brain. I'm thinking, you know, none of them really led anything other than just really good advice well, over the years. Good stories. You and get good older. stories. Yeah. Is, yeah. But driving the... Um, the, the, the cart that goes oh, and yeah. picks up the, the balls. Ball picker, the yeah. ball picker, yeah, out in the middle of the driving range. I don't know. For some reason, I just really enjoyed, you know, getting pelted by, uh, <laughs> I don't know what, what about me enjoyed that, but some it's weird. Like a, like a real life video game? Yeah, because, you know, you're daring these high school kids. Go ahead. Yeah, hit me. Yeah. <laughs> you keep missing. Oh, clank. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they hit you one time, man, and that, that cage is rattled, oh, yeah. you know. It's loud in there. I would highly recommend it for anybody that has like a 15-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Boy, girl, doesn't matter. Let them go work at the cart barn. Learn some good life lessons. Yeah. Uh, and you make decent money. You know, you're not... Tips. Yeah, you make tips. And the atmosphere is great because, like, I see... I had some friends that went and worked at, like, fast food restaurants. Or, you know, and you're mixed with all sorts of age groups of people. And, and you know, when your cart kids are all about the same age. Yeah. You know? just, yeah you're just... You're in your yeah. young 20s. I yeah. mean, that's where I was. Yeah. A teenager in the young 20s. Teenager, yeah. Young 20s. Yeah, there were some young guys. Uh, but... Um, See, I'm a very accident-prone individual. I don't know if you know yeah, this about well me. Aware. Yeah. But that's where I uh, injured myself. We had a power washer, and you'd spray out the carts when mm-hmm. the members would return them, and you'd go and charge them up, you know? Yep. I remember one day I was spraying out a cart, and some, like, uh, cracker that was left in the cart, like, flew up and got stuck in my leg hair, you know, right on my shin. Mm. And without thinking... Right. Remember, I'm holding a power, power washer. I'm like, oh, let me get that uh, crumb out of my mm. leg. Goodbye, <laughs> shin. Just, I mean, it just... Yeah, there's a scar to this day this weird like line how the... are you married I... with lots of kids yeah I don't know I don't even know what that means you can't exactly. cook can't cook you're can't. accident prone accident prone well that's Must... why I'm married you're devilish oh, you're, an, you're, you're answering your own question as to why be married I was going to say you're devilish good looks oh, there it is well, that's wrong too uh, <laughs> I want to go back to your bartending stuff okay. um, what is your favorite drink drink to make and what is your um what, what do you think you make the best uh i love old fashions i make a really good old fashioned okay um if you ever see somebody shake brown liquor mm-hmm. leave the bar 
shake brown liquor, leave the bar. It is. They don't know what they're doing or what? Yeah. You're never supposed to shake brown huh. liquor. Huh. It's clear. I've never, I've never, if it's clear, yeah. you can shake the hell out of it. Okay. So. But brown liquor is meant to be stirred. So if you ever see, if you order a Manhattan or an old fashioned or anything like that, if it's ever shaken, mm-mm. I, I've, Bad news bears. I've heard um, beer before liquor never been sicker. Liquor before beer in the clear. Yeah. Now, neither of those apply to me. I have the curse Correct. of not getting hangovers. Like, and I wasn't a drinker. Curse uh, or a I wasn't blessing. a drinker until my mid-30s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, you work with Glenn, too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah. uh, that, that's kind of what happened. That's why, no, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I hadn't had a drink until seven uh, years ago. Yeah, well, I think it was a combination <laughs> of working for Glenn and working in New York City. Mm. But my point is, I'm glad I didn't discover this when I was younger, right. or else I would have no liver left. Yeah. And, you know. Anyhow, the other adage that you just learned me mm-hmm. was... Don't shake brown. Why yeah. would you even... I don't even know what circumstance would come up where you would want to shake that, Well, people, when you go to certain establishments and they'll shake huh. Manhattans, they'll shake old fashions. Yeah, okay. It's not meant to be. All right. Just, it's Stir better it. for... Yeah, you're yeah. not supposed to bruise that liquor. Okay. Um, and my... F- so I make... Bruise it, that liquor. Yeah, it's called bruising it. Oh. Yeah. If you order... A, if you order a, like a vodka martini <laughs> bruised, that mm-hmm. means they shake the hell out of it. Okay. Uh, now I got it. Thank you for teaching so, me all this yeah. stuff. Uh, so there is a cocktail that is uh, of Canadian descent, um, which if you live anywhere on the Canadian border, you can get it, or in Vegas, because there's a lot of Canadians that go to Vegas. It's called a Caesar, uh, not the never, salad. It's, just, it's like a Bloody Mary, but you use Clamato instead of tomato. Clamato is just, it's oh, Clamato juice, so crap. there's not actual chunks of clam in it or anything like that. It doesn't taste like... It doesn't taste like It shouldn't be combined. It is, th- just imagine, it's just thinner saltier tomato juice okay it's okay. delicious all right but i make a, a, a dang good caesar all right well so but you do realize all of these things you're telling me you're gonna have to make for me so Calm i can down. see for myself okay do we have a bar set up somewhere around here that we could uh you gonna take care we, of this we could we could figure i'll bring out. in the ingredients if you just make all these drinks why do we have to do it here can we do it someplace fun like i don't know the dmv anywhere else other than here that's actually never mind. <laughs> they should have a bar in the DMV. That, Man, is, that is I just genius. Write that down. Write it down. Okay. Bar, bar at the, the DMV. DMV. Perfect. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, let's do this. Let's let's call the governor right now and say, dude, here's the hey, thing. Hey, Abbott would probably be down. He might he's very liberal. Although do you think he's ever been to the DMV? Yeah, sure he has. I'm like, pretty sure once you get to that side like that level, people huh. go to the DMV for you. How does that work? Because every six years in this state, right? This is like the first place. This is the first place we've lived long enough where I've had to renew my license, by the way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, how does that work? You never see the governor know. of a state. Uh, that would Can be. Can you imagine seeing him sitting in a DMV for like an hour and 45 minutes with his little stupid ticket in his hand? But not only that, but think of all the people be like, so uh, when are we going to get a tax cut? You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> Just harassed. And he's stuck there. He's literally a captive audience. He's in Arlington at the DMV, all by just like. That's a mistake I made. I actually, when I, and I know mm. this is a really local conversation here, but, but the trick is take a day off yeah. and drive outside of the Metroplex oh, yeah. and find you a place sticks. two hours, you know, hour and a half away or whatever. It's 100% worth it. Because you end up enjoying that drive and wasting that gas is much better than sitting there <laughs> and staring at a floor only to be called up and said, you don't have the right documents. Yeah. Okay. Are you, what? what? I got to come back? <laughs> that was Arlington. I saw... I saw a meme yesterday of a guy who ordered Domino's 
to the DMV because he had been there for so long. Yes! And it was a picture of him sitting there signing his little, paying the pizza guy. Oh, that's genius. Hey, if anything's going to make the DMV better, it's pizza. Yes, well, pizza is, I mean, it's... When you lived in New York... It's perfect. Did you... This is, this is okay, a little fun fact about Keith here. Huh. He enjoys a Tostino's pizza how many days a week? Uh, I've cut back, you know. Cut back, so uh, six days so a week. So six days a week. He's cut back. Uh, <laughs> which is, listen, Tostino's. It used to eight, be every day. It used to be every day. Every day, that was and my life. for you're bang for your buck, because literally it's a buck, and it is delicious. Yeah, thank you. Okay? Mm-hmm. However, you are got to lower your standards, because it's just freezer pizza, okay? When you lived in New York... Did you eat pizza like that? Did you eat good New York pizza every day? Not every day. Oh, no. I would. I could eat it every single no, day. No, I, there was a couple of places, but I didn't. That's yeah. my ultimate cheat food in the entire world is New oh. York, from New York, pizza. Well, they've changed the packaging on, on Tostino's. And, um, they did. They went to those bags well, instead of boxes. Yeah, so so they, they, they first they, they, they've gone from circle to square. Yeah, which and is I should have I should have saved a circle one, you know, and then compared it because I mm, guarantee you it's, it's smaller. I bet I, somebody I, out there has one in their freezer. I, yeah, me. Have you seen the... That's what I was going to get to. <laughs> they freezer burn now. Yeah. The packaging... It, we we got to talk, man. Me and Tostinos. Because uh, it freezer burns if you don't eat it within like a day or two. And what's the point of having freezer pizza? You've you seen how it looks. Day. It's your kitchen. It's your, I know. It's your workplace where I'm... And they're destroying things. I know. I'm sorry. It's just not pretty. Every single day that you make one, though, I go, man, I wish I had a Tostinos. See? Well, I'll give you the freezer burn ones that are waiting for me down the hall here in the freezer. But I've tried to explain to Pat, pizza is the perfect food, okay? Right. It's got your dairy, that's cheese, right? It's got your grains, you know, the, the crust. It's got your, um, your meat, mm-hmm. your vegetables, mm-hmm. your fruit if you want to stretch it with uh, tomato or, you know, I guess pineapple would count or whatever. Ugh. I don't do that, but I'm saying that Psycho. if you wanted to get all of the uh, food pyramid all in one right, serving, right, right. it's yeah, right there. It is. But okay. yeah. So I, uh, I just discovered this. Um, our pizzas are have a lot of you know processed junk on them, which is a reason why America is so large uh, <laughs> around the waistline at the moment. Um, we went to Italy, okay, and uh, I never want you know after you eat a huge meal or if you eat a whole pizza or eat a really heavy like rich dish, you get that like hunger like ugh. It's like a it's like a food hangover almost. Right, you eat a yeah. huge dinner. You have three courses. You have a few drinks, and you're mm-hmm. just like, ugh. You push away yeah. from the table and yeah, yeah, into yeah. the bed or on no, the couch. I didn't have a single moment of that in Italy, oh. and I ate all day, every day. It's just that quality it's of food, clean, mm. not processed. Like even the like the ingredients they use for the dough, it's just it, they don't process their food like we do. Wow, and a lot they use a lot more local stuff. So like we were on the Amalfi Coast, and they were, you know, they say they. You literally see the gardens around the restaurants. It's not saying that they don't use canned products and stuff like that, but a lot of their ingredients are super fresh. And that's cool. You just don't get that that nasty food coma. Wow, you keep talking. I'm quickly. I'm trying to uh, book airfare to uh, <laughs> Italy while you're. The Amalfi Coast was one of the thing. most amazing places in the entire. Wow, world. and 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 you were there for your honeymoon, right? Because yep. you just got married. Just, just got married this last. That's fall. really exciting. There's a there's an interesting story. I don't know all the details, but I I just I want you to tell this story about how you guys met because it was your sister that actually uh, introduced the two of you, correct? I have three little sisters. Uh-huh. 27, 23 and 17. Okay. And how old are you? 33. Okay. 
So you and your youngest sister are, are 16, 16 years, years apart. apart. Yeah. Bailey, who's the oldest. Uh, she, um, my wife moved to Dallas about six months after I did. Um, she's a local radio personality. She has a morning show. And so my sister started, she's country station. My sister started listening to her. Uh, and I had started listening to her, but she started following her on social media. Okay. And she was like, brother, this girl just moved here. She's stunning. She's really talented. She's a big family girl. She just checked off all the boxes. Right. Uh-huh. So my first reaction is, okay, let's do a little Instagram stalking. Stalk her Instagram. <laughs> Not a, sh- I don't have a chance in hell. She's got thousands of followers. I'm sure guys are blowing her up every single day. How am I going to randomly meet this girl? Mm-hmm. So my sister, she's like, I-, I just think you guys would be perfect for each other. So I'm like, okay, well, well, that's too bad. Tip. Yep. <laughs> so like a month goes by and, and uh, she just keeps harassing me. Just being the, just a typical sister. She just can't let anything go. <laughs> and I go, finally I'm at my wits end and I go, you, you message her. Okay. There you go. You want it to happen so bad. Take the reins, make it happen. All right. Didn't think twice about it. Okay. So like three days later, I'll never forget this. Uh, we're uh, on a party barge on the lake for my mm-hmm. buddy's birthday. Okay. Bunch of us. There's like 40 people on this boat. And I randomly go to my bag. Then I check my, I check my phone for hours. I randomly check my phone. And my sister had sent me a text message with like a thousand exclamation points. And that's it. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Did she just win the lottery or something? Yes. So I text her. I'm like, what's up? And she just goes, she messaged me back. Nice. And then started sending me these screenshots of their conversation on Instagram. Oh. So I, I'm already having a great day. It's a Saturday in Texas. It was 90 degrees. I'm on a boat in the lake. And how many beers deep were you at this point? <sighs> yeah. Counting on my toes. Keep on going. So I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah. So <laughs> she starts messaging her. Uh, basically, my sister said, hey, I know you just moved here. My brother just moved here. He's single. You're single. I think you guys would be a perfect match. By the way, I'm not trying to be creepy at all. Like this was, I just figured I'd shoot my shot. And she responded with, oh my gosh, I would have done this exact same thing for my brothers. Aww. And it like, hold on. She has two brothers. But had she already seen a picture of your face yet? Well, my sister (laughs) just brilliantly had happened to gone and taken some of my best photos. Yes. See now. uh, Had screenshot them and sent them. Nice. Yeah. And of course, she was in like three of them. You know, she's a good sister. So, uh, next thing you know, I have a follow request because my Instagram's private from oh, from her. And uh, so I'm all giddy. I'm like, go to my buddies. I'm like, guys, 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 guys. You know that chick that's on the air? She's just trying to follow me on Instagram. So I accepted. <laughs> you know, I actually, you know what? I waited. I was gonna say, did I you waited? wait till you were sober? No. Oh, oh hell no. No, I waited for like two hours. Oh. And then I said she could follow me. <laughs> right? Playing the games, right? No. I'm in charge I'm in of this charge relationship yeah, not at all. from the start. I'm not at all. <laughs> so uh, I accepted. And then the next day, once I was sober, <laughs> I sent her a message. And I was just like, hey, uh, did you just randomly find me on Instagram? Or did my sister do this? I kind of played dumb. Uh-huh. And uh, she was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, uh, okay. and so we started talking. Uh-huh. Uh, exchanged numbers, started texting. Oh, cool. Well, that was on a Saturday that uh, I had been on the boat, so I texted Sunday. Well, Monday, 
I was going out of town with Glenn. Oh no, so man! We, so we were on the road for like a week and a half, and then yeah. I was going straight from being on the road with Glenn to Calgary to my cousin's wedding oh. for a week. So she it was just this big tease because she was like, "So when are you going to take me on a date?" And I was like, "Well, funny thing is, I'm going to oh. be gone for two and a half weeks." Oh. So it actually worked out very, very well. So we were able to talk for those two and a half weeks okay and kind of cool. got all the awkward questions that's out of the cool. way like yes, get, getting to know each other nice. yeah uh so when i did get back we went on a date and there was no awkwardness it was uh-huh. just like we'd already we were already friends that's cool and uh yeah we've been together ever since wow that's very cool and 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 what was your wife's name again caitlin because i don't know if you've mentioned that caitlin yeah and sorry. She's, she's on a 96.3 in dallas she's a local okay it's a hawkeye in the morning show it's a, very cool and you guys have a dog yes freddie Tell us about Freddie. Caitlin adopted Fred basically right when she got to Dallas because she was like, I need a companion. She just gotten out of a bad relationship. And so she was like, I need a dog. And so she adopted, he was one year old. Mm-hmm. She adopted him from a guy that was being relocated for work and couldn't bring the dog. Oh. And so he's a chocolate lab husky mix. He is wow. a very handsome young man. The husky really makes him really chatty. So he talks a lot and he's, That's it's hard good. for people to meet him and not fall in love with him. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a big, he's a big lug he's, he's a really, big lug yeah. awesome and he's got he's a he goes by fred freddie or frederick Wait, so he's yeah, he by, gets, by choice yeah well he's just like when he's just laying there he's just fred okay when he's acting like a spaz he's freddie which is most <laughs> of the time like the sun will be hitting him to the window and he'll like cross his paws in front of him and oh. like gaze off like he's contemplating oh. like regal why frederick. the sky is blue <laughs> and he'll look like oh frederick there it is like he's got, he needs a pipe in his mouth now, i want to see that picture yeah yeah but I can't find you on Twitter, so I'll probably never see <laughs> hey, that picture. Instagram, bro. I got so many mm-hmm. pictures of the dog. See, I grew up with cats, all right? and uh, Gross. <laughs> and then, uh, like, I had one dog, you know, later on as a teenager. But it really wasn't until uh, we moved here. Yeah, you have dogs now, right? Yeah, I have two dogs now. Um, I can't imagine life without dogs now. Right. You know? They are, they're awesome. They're awesome. You just, you're getting so much older and wiser. mm you know what I mean? Like older. Definitely older. Um, I will say, <laughs> I will say though that, uh, you know, I can't, like I said, I can't imagine. Uh, you know what? If you followed my, that's one of the things I was going to tell you. I was looking at my recent tweets. I tweeted out a video of a dog that, um, that, that this police officer had to cut out of a, uh, like of a curtain or something. And the dog's freaking out and you think he's going to attack the cop, but he's freaking out of this curtain, this dog. And then the cop cuts him loose, and the dog jumps up, and you're like, no, don't go for the cop's jugular. He was trying to, oh, he's he hugging him kisses. and kissing and loving. And see, dogs, man. They Keith, are. I just followed you on Twitter. Oh, that's cool. Unfollowed Now you, you have 14 yeah. followers. I 14. Wow, well, you went up to 14? For, yeah, up to 14. Last I checked, it was 12. I Wait, that how do you was. have 8,000 followers? I don't know. I know people. Did that, you like accidentally post a picture of your boob or something? <laughs> and you're like, whoa. Yeah, a lot of people were like, wow, people I like, got to oh, follow this I guy. Follow that guy. Um, okay, so you guys have Frederick, yep. Freddie, Fred. Do you want to have any kids? Yeah, we'll have it? kids for sure. We're, oh. uh, we're big. She's got a big family. I got a big family. Cool. Her, our wedding was, we invited 240 some people, I think. We had about 200 show up. And my mom's side of the family is huge. So her side always like trumps the weddings. Like we go to... Weddings and our family just takes over. Mm-hmm. Caitlin's family oh, no. is gigantic. Oh, wow. I mean, I think 140 of our guests were just her family. I mean, they're humongous. 
Wow. How many and siblings it, does she have? Oh, she has. So her father was married. Her parents are very old. Okay. Her father's 78. Oh, wow. Her mother's in her late 60s. But uh, he was married once before. So she has three older siblings that are my parents' age. And then she has two brothers and her from her mother. So, so you're already an uncle. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Two, her nieces and nephews that are the same age as me. It's really funny. <laughs> so like one of her nephews actually awesome. officiated our wedding. Oh, and awesome. I made him call me Uncle Matthew. And he's my age. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. That pretty- and, and when you were at your wedding, part of your vows, you actually thanked your sister Bailey, right? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I thanked cool. her for the whole thing. And like we actually took the... Uh, <laughs> introducing ins- you. We took the Instagram messages and we printed them out. Oh, that's and cool. put them on the table so that all the relatives and stuff could see like how it all went down. All of them? Yep. Wow. All of them. All the, what do you mean? Cool. And all, you, all your Instagram messages, you printed up no, for all the no, world to all see. all the relatives could uh, see. All the, the, yeah. It was just a first message from Bailey. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, no, you're talking about you and Bailey's messages. I'm sorry. No, I thought you were no, talking no, about no. you and Caitlin's message. I'm like, No, the message them? from <laughs> Bailey to Caitlin. And here, I, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was off on some other conversation yeah, no. between you and Caitlin. My no, bad. no, no. It was just the initial <laughs> how it... Yeah. yeah, no, that's awesome. All the exclamation marks oh, and yeah, stuff. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, yes, great. okay. I can ruin anything, buddy. That's okay. All right. So, um, you want to have kids. I mean, there's... You know, there's going to be there's there's life before kids. There's life oh, yeah. with kids, and we are I currently life without. We are currently after. prime life without kids right now. Okay, and so you're able to spend time, enjoy each other's company. Oh yeah, uh-huh. savor these moments. Uh, trust it's me, it's going to get loud and it's going to get wild, and you're going to find yourself driving all over the place at all hours of the day. And I see it happening, <laughs> and I can't wait. I'm hoping that we're on the cusp of like somebody solving the mommy Uber. Mommy Uber. Mommy and Daddy Uber, mm-hmm. where you just got to drive your kids everywhere. Yeah, just wait till you have multiple kids and one has got a baseball game Mm-mm. on one side of town. At the same time, the other one has a softball game on the other side of town, and then someone starts to be at a dance recital. Well, it looks like Ta-da. they're all going to have to be doing one of those. Y'all are going to be dancing or playing softball or playing I baseball. I see. Yeah, see somebody, you guys, find, you guys go huddle together. You got a yep. week to figure out what sport you want to play yep. together. All on the same it's, team. It's a good plan. Figure it out. That's it's not going to work like that, but mm-hmm. I can dream, right? Yeah. So, so pre-kids right now, like, what do you do to relax? Uh, we're we're pretty good about staying home and just hanging out during the week. Um, she's her days are done pretty early, and I do uh, dinner in the evening. So I, I'm home about six to six thirty. Mm-hmm. So we try to watch. You know, we try to relax during the week and watch a little. Netflix or Amazon or something and we go to the gym during the day which is nice oh that's that good away. and then on the weekends we literally do whatever we want good for you Caitlin works a lot of concerts and stuff on the weekends so it's fun we get to go out and do that and we'll go out after the concerts or you know we're trying to we're trying to do as much traveling as we can but you know mm-hmm. it's hard with our schedules and whatnot. do you have any hobbies yourself uh, I yeah other than grilling and hunting and fishing and mm-hmm. playing golf and playing the golf. typical so we have we have some family that's property down in uh uh iola texas which is by college station so we'll go out there and do some country living and hanging out yeah we like to go on the lake a lot during the summertime because it's <clears throat> so hot here yeah it is uh the more the closer you can be to a body of water the better yeah that's right so. i learned a fun fact recently you ready for this okay and it's not texas okay that's not the answer which state has the most man-made lakes? 
Which state? Texas. Has the, I said it's not Texas. How, what do you mean? Tex- there's only one lake in Texas that isn't man-made. I'm just telling you. Look, let me just Google this. You should have done this before you asked me that question. But I knew the answer before oh, then you what's questioned the me. It's Oklahoma. Mm, that's I find that hard to believe because Texas is so much bigger. Here we go. I'm Googling real time. Here we go. Are you Googling which state? Look at that. Which state has the most land or man-made lakes? Boom. Oklahoma comes Interesting. Up. Yeah, I, I thought that was a really weird fact there, but... Uh, well, Texas only has one... They have non- they have more than one, but it's the they only have one big lake that is natural. Really? Yeah. Which one is that? Search of the sea. Lake Como or something. Huh. Well, we'll just wait while you Google that here. Well, I mean, you could be talking about... Some, look at that. What is it? Lake what? Uh, Cato Lake or Cato. C A D D O. It's in uh, yeah, Northeast Texas. Cato, yeah, I think. Cato Lake. Sure. For the purposes of this podcast, it's Cato. <laughs> all right. But that's so hard to believe because there's so many lakes all over the state. And you're yeah. Like, you just bulldoze a big old hole in the ground? Yep. I mean, that's what Lake Lanier, if, if you ever if you see a map of Georgia in the upper right corner, not, not all the way up, but just outside of Metro Atlanta, well, now it is part of Metro Atlanta, Lake Lanier. You'll see it. It's so big that it shows up, you know, inside, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of weather map or whatever. That lake used to be a town, and underneath the water, I mean, drownings happen all the time there. I mean, the currents and, and the debris and all that stuff. I mean, there's gas stations under there. Wow. There's homes, all sorts of stuff. I think in the 1950s, they made this thing, Army Corps engineers, something like that. And there's just any manner of stuff that you see floats up. Ugh, ugh, but I love it. I mean, it's a great place because I'm from the Take south. Take the kids there all the time. Come on. What did we talk about earlier? Yeah. The standards? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, that's that's Yeah, certain that's lakes got to lower your standards, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> when I, we went back up to the Pacific Northwest with my wife. <laughs> We've been up three times now. And each time we go, I try to get her to see and do something different, right? So you, well, I'll take her out to the San Juan Islands to go fishing. Oh, cool. Or we'll go up to the mountains in the summertime. It's beautiful. And Love the mountains. She, it's so funny to see somebody from the south, born and raised in Houston. What We're, part of Houston? Uh, they live in the Heights. Uh, okay. Like the 610 Loop. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Her family's had a business there for like 100 years. They cool. make cowboy boots. Nice. Um, but so we take her up there. We get in the boat, right? It's like six in the morning. We're going out to the outside of the San Juan Islands, which is in the Canadian water. Yeah. That's where Victoria comes down. Okay. Let's go back to San Juan Island later when you okay. come back. So we get on the boat in Bellingham Bay and we're loading up the crab pots, fishing poles, and our plan is on the way out to do fishing. We're going to drop the crab pots, uh-huh. let them soak all day. We're going to go out fish, go have lunch in one of the islands, and then come home and pick up the crab pots. So we're on our way out there and we pull out of the bay and Caitlin turns around and she goes, oh my God. I'm like, what? What do you see? She goes, that mountain. Look how close the mountain is. I said, what do you mean? She goes, I, there's snow on top of the mountain. It's 80 degrees out and it's right there. I'm like, yeah, it's only like 45 minutes from the water. You know, she's not, she didn't grow up next. And all the San Juan Islands themselves look like mountains to her. It was, it's so funny. Even every time we go back, That's she's cool. just blown away. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful, I've. That is one state I haven't gotten to, is Washington gotta go. State. Yeah, you gotta go. I absolutely want to. Spend the least amount of time possible in Seattle. Oh, I just go I, to I'll land go to, at SeaTac and then go to Pike's get Place as quickly as possible. Pike's Place is incredible, but the rest, I mean, it's, it's just changed so much. But the rest of the state is beautiful. I imagine Spokane, the whole eastern side, I would probably be into because I love Idaho. Eastern Washington is super, super flat and deserty until you get back towards Idaho and like Coeur d'Alene and that, like Spokane is 
Yeah. It's not super mountainous or anything like that. You know what I mean? I'd love to take a tour of the state of Washington. Yeah. There's a great thing called the Cascade Loop, and it's a it's a hiking slash camping loop you can do it goes through the whole state and it's awesome and the thing i love about you know you mentioned san juan island i just love the names up there because it's like everybody was fighting over that area between britain the u.s spain so there's so these fun names you know victoria right next to san juan island you know what i mean it's just so fun well there's there's the history there there there's i don't think there's 500 islands or something like that and they're all you know there's a huge native american uh population still up there they have all the different tribes that all mash together mm-hmm. that's right yeah, it's yeah, a very so you got indian names too uh mix yeah. them up there you ever heard of the uh, pig war 1859 the pig war that took place on san juan island no oh okay so uh look that up it's fun it's because um it was this little <laughs> it was you know this border war but it was triggered over this um this pig that, that had uh you know they thought it got stolen or something i don't know i i Hold on a second. Um, I'm going to look this up because I, I don't know exactly what I'm talking about here. But uh, hold on. It has other names. It's not just known as the Pig War. It's also called the Pig Episode, the Pig and Potato War, the San Juan Boundary Dispute, and the Northwestern Boundary Dispute. Where did you hear about this? I don't know. I'm a history geek. That's I just true. Love That's this very stuff. true. That's very true. Yeah, I'm going to post something. Some of the about. islands you can't go on because they're like protected. They're like wildlife preserves mm-hmm. or they're protected by the tribes and stuff. Um, but there's, I mean, you see every type of wildlife out there. We got to see the orcas running. Oh, I need to see We're up that. there. See, and it was so cool. funny because as fishermen, mm-hmm. you get pissed because all the fish leave. They're, yeah, okay. And so <laughs> we, we were fishing on the outside of San Juan Island, which is, if, if you see the whale, it's not the whale watching boat. It's like the protective boats. So like these big red rubber dinghy boats. And if they're hauling through there, that means the whales are coming because they, they lead the whales wow. so that people turn off their engines and they don't hit any of the whales. It's like uh-huh. very protected okay. when they run. So we see this boat and we're like, ugh. Everybody's like, what? We're like, the whales are coming. They're like, what? <laughs> the whales are coming? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this means we're not going to catch any freaking fish. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Perspective, then, man. Yeah. And then we realized they're like, oh, this will be pretty cool for them to see, right? Because they've never seen mm-hmm. it. So the trick is you're supposed to go to shore and turn your boat off. Okay. Right. But there's a big gap between where that boat is and where the whales actually are. They're way ahead of the whales. Right. And so if you just leave it where you are, you don't have to go all the way into shore to avoid the whales. You guess so. so. So we were off the shore further than we probably should have been. Mm-hmm. But you just turn your engine off plenty of time ahead. They're not going to. So you sit there and you just wait. And all of a sudden in the distance, you see the, they start to breach the water. Uh-huh. And they slowly end. I mean, there was dozens of these whales came through and they were breaching right next wow. to the boat and stuff it was it was incredible that's yeah. cool do you ever get scared that they're gonna like not really boat up or whatever? not really i mean they're 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 big but i don't think they're ever i mean it's not like it's a giant blue whale all right you know they're the size of the boat they're okay. not the size of 10 boats i got you yeah. i got you so um a fun fact about you is that uh, i guess you can do some impressions some impersonations oh lord and uh and i want to hear i want to you know dance monkey do something for me make, uh I I didn't used to be able to do impersonations. I could do accents because my mother's brothers used to call the house when I was a little kid. And this before caller ID. Your uncles. Well, yeah, my uncles. <laughs> well, it wasn't my dad's. Anyways. Okay, sorry. My, yeah. So my uncles would call the house and they'd ask for my mom. Uh, but it was before caller IDs and that stuff. So the uh-huh. phone would ring and I'd answer and my uncle would be like, Hello, may I please speak to Colin Shelton? 
And I would be like, what? Mom, phone's for you. And then he would answer and she'd be like, God dang it, Steven. <laughs> and so as I got older, uh-huh. I would just respond to him and like answer back. And I'd be like, no, she cannot come to the phone. She's on the toilet. Like it's these stuff like, right. And that's so good, I, yeah. but they would do all sorts of accents when they would call. Um, when I was in college, I did a, a <laughs> improv class um, and it was, the school was owned by Ryan Stiles, who used to be on uh, the Drew Carey show. Then it was on Who's oh, Lines nice. anyways. Yeah. And he used to play this game called uh, to Cosby. And you would start in one, you'd start a sentence and you'd have to finish the sentence in a Bill Cosby impersonation. Oh my goodness. Right. Would you like to try? I don't know that I would like to. This try. is the beautiful part about it. Oh, just tell I me, can, tell I me can, about, tell me what you had for breakfast. But no, can, start, can I just read about the pig war? Yeah, sure. You can read my pig, but start in your regular voice and okay. then finish a sentence in Cosby. All right. So the pig war was a confrontation in 1850. Okay. Do, I can't but, do it. but see, the funny part about that is when it's funny when people can't do it. Right. And when somebody can do it, it's like, whoa, that's pretty good. Uh-huh. So uh, we would play variations of that where you would finish, like you'd be like to, Con- like to Connery. So you'd start a sentence and then pretty <laughs> sure you'd be talking like Sean Connery. <laughs> and like, that's how you would finish. So he would do this one called to Walken. Okay. And you'd have to go into Christopher Walken, which is one of the funniest impersonations anybody can do because a lot of, it's really hard to do if you, if you've never done it. But as soon as you do it once, you're like, oh, Got it. Ah, can you do this? Yeah. So, oh. so we did one, and uh, yeah, I can't remember what we were talking about, but it was actually after the class. We were at a bar, and like we'd go out with our classmates just in there. And once you get a few beers in you, you're much more apt to try things you wouldn't have tried. So we were going through it, and uh, we were. T- I was talking about my beer, and I was like, you know, this beer, it's crisp, it's cold, it's refreshing on my lips. <laughs> And uh, and everybody awesome. went, whoa, yes, that's pretty good. Yes. And I was like, is that good? And <laughs> so I, I realized that it instantly brought a smile to people's faces. That's good. And so in the, I, I used to take it to the restaurant and we'd be super, super slammed. And I would, I'd walk behind the line and go, whoa, guys, listen, nobody's going to die because the steak was overcooked or the chicken took too long. And it would just instantly like ease attention. They'd be like, okay, that's a good point. I like it. Yeah, but, and good. then Glenn found out, and Glenn is such a jerk uh-huh. when he finds out people can do things. When you can do something, he yeah. over he abuses do that thing. Do he that, abuses yeah. his power. So we'd be like on the road, and I would say something, and he'd be like, "I wonder what Christopher would say about that." Oh and no! And I'd be like, "Gosh dang it!" And it's hard to tell him no, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, "Well, Glenn, the soap <laughs> was too hot, but my tongue, wow!" I love it. That's awesome. Um, speaking of Glenn. You were actually his first ever intern, mm. correct? Yeah. It was before GBTV. It was before Fox, before CNN, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we used to have to do a senior project in high school. I don't know if they still have to do that, but it was a cumulative project that lasted your senior year. You had to build something, learn something, teach something. It would just show that you tried, basically. Mm-hmm. So I went to uh, Western Washington University's radio station, and I... Uh, did my senior project with them. I learned about radio and they were just a DJ and all sorts of stuff. It was great. Worked out well. Glenn had found out that I was doing that and he calls me one day and he goes, hey, do you have any interest in coming to Philly and being uh, doing an internship with me? Oh, nice. And I was like, absolutely not. That sounds terrible. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> terrible. And he was like, excuse me? He's like, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Like, I've, I got a pretty big successful show and I was like, <laughs> it's in, uh, mind you, I'm 17. Yeah. I'm like, this sounds 
like hell. Why would I want to go do an internship with an AM political oh. talk show? Ouch. Right? Uh-huh. Absolutely not. So he's like, okay, just, you know, let me know. And I wasn't that blunt about it. It was very, sure. you know, but he goes, you know, I'm going to change my mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is the middle of my senior year. That conversation happens. End of the senior year, I have to do, uh, you have to give like a 20 minute speech about your project and all this stuff. And the middle of my speech, I start telling him how I actually got an offer to go be an intern. For, and I've, I'm looking at my, and he was, he was well known. He was a very, he was a big syndicated radio show. Okay. But it wasn't, he was in like, you know, 35 markets or something. Like he wasn't huge, huge. Mm-hmm. So I saw the look on the faces of the board and they were like, you're not? So you said during the speech, I'm, yeah, yeah I was I'm offered gonna, this. Yeah, but I'm not going to take it. And uh, so I, I legit was like, you know, wait, maybe I should. Maybe I should sure. take it. Right. And in the middle of the speech, I bagged the last half of the speech. And I just told him <laughs> I was going to do it. So I get done. I called Glenn. I'm like, you know what? I'll still take me offer. It was great. So my dad and I drove my Mazda MX-6, little two-door sports car, from Bellingham, Washington, which is the upper left corner, mm-hmm. all the way to Philly. Wow. I lived with him for like eight months, did the internship, learned a ton, huh. but it wasn't didn't really have the structure for interns yet. It was literally like eight you were people. A trailblazer. There was eight people that ever worked for him or that were working for him. Mm-hmm. Some people that still work here, you know, Stu was just a producer, guy named Dan Andrews, used to be a writer. Mm-hmm. He ran the board. Sarah Sullivan was a call screener. Screener, yeah. And that was it. <laughs> and so I did a lot of sitting around waiting for Stu to be like, I need a picture of a hot air balloon <laughs> and then i'd google hot air balloon pictures and send it to soup that's awesome and it was like stuff like that you know and i did a lot of trips to gino's to pick up philly cheesesteaks for the crew uh-huh which is way better than pat's that's finally funny. okay so um you lived with glenn during this internship yep, did he time. make you clean uh, i mean cook clean. for him <laughs> no tanya tanya's actually a really good cook okay so she did she did all the cooking at that time okay. uh, but yeah i would you know they'd go all the way on the weekends and i'd take care of the dog and they had just adopted rafe uh-huh. Uh huh. By the way, Rafe, you're adopted. If you didn't know that, oh. uh, sorry, he's not going to listen. <laughs> Spoiler this. alert: This isn't about Fortnite or anything like that, so he's not going to listen. Uh, <laughs> that's how he would listen if it was. But yeah, maybe I'll title this podcast Fortnite, Fortnite. with Matthew. You would Shelton. get so many listeners if you listen. You know, if you named <laughs> oh, it something I'm, better. Oh, I'm putting Fortnite in this title. That's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> going to happen. <laughs> Fortnite with Matthew Shelton, and then they're going to listen for the entire hour, and they're going to get yeah, to the right, end right. and be like, "Wait, where?" Oh, now they're talking about Fortnite and good night, everybody. Good morning, the small look. I do have a question. When are you going to cook for me? Like, in what dish? I got a hot pipe and Tostino's waiting for you. (laughs) Wait. No, I... Uh, what do you want? I'll cook for you. I don't know. Cook me something yummy sometime, you know? Well, luckily, luckily, you have the palate of a seven-year-old. So, chicken nuggies shaped like dinosaurs, it is. Shaped like dinosaurs? Yeah, I know. T-Rexes are my favorite. I'm there. Cool. Look forward (laughs) to it. Thank you, Matthew Shelton, Glenn Beck's personal chef, joining me here today for At The Mic. Did we settle that's going to be the name of the show? I guess. I like At The Keith better. At The Keith. At The Keith with Matthew Uh. Shelton. Okay, (laughs) thanks, man. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Look for At The Mic Show on Twitter to connect.